0: From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters studios, high atop Two Turtle Creek. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Trimble, coming to you live with the tropical shirt clad Sean Williams. Sean.
1: What is up, man? I need to do a very quick change after we get done because we have, we both have a community meeting tonight, ironically, at the same location for two different clients. So I need to not be tropical shirt clad for this important meeting.
0: Sean, how do you do it? You are so cool, man. Your attire is always so on point and so fun. I'm over here, Navy suit, white shirt. I mean, how do you do it? Well,
1: I should have invited you to join me at the
0: Gap at West
1: Village going out of business (laughs) sale, which is where this shirt came from. A shirt I actually like quite a bit, but I went over there probably three times before... They went out of business. I used to, when I was in pharmaceutical sales, I w- was at that West Village all the time. Mm-hmm. The Starbucks had one of the um, first Ethernet plugs where you could go <laughs> and plug in your computer, which predates Wi Fi. That is way back in the day, yeah. right there, my friend. Uh, so, yes, I mean, you know, I will have to put you down with some of these sales. Although, you have. Got me on the um, was the Joseph A Banks list. You got to get on it, man. Yeah, you got to
0: get on those sales. Buy one get seven free. Yes, I mean who can beat that? Definitely on the
1: buy one get nine. I have (laughs) been a part, but yeah, man. it's, It's funny how we. I know I looked at the calendar because I was putting the community meeting on my calendar for tonight. And I looked at your calendar and you had the same meeting already on your calendar. And I thought that there might have been some sort of mistake or discrepancy. But for one, I guess that means that this is a very important homeowners group that we're talking to.
0: Yes. When you have multiple clients, you know, wanting to get their opinion and their approval. Yeah, it's an important group of folks, Sean. So uh, I'll look forward to seeing you not in tropical shirt. Yes, I will also most
1: likely have my blue suit on as well. And, yeah. you know, that is, I think, one of the fun things that we do get to do is go out and do community meetings. That's probably the last 10 days I have done my fair share of community meetings, sitting on steps, uh,
0: <laughs> conversating. Um, there's been right. a cup of joe here, or there, a glass of water. It's really, really good. I'll tell you what, man, that's how I got my start in this business. I, I'll never forget going to help uh, Pat Carr, the Lower Greenville Neighborhood Association, build uh, wooden stake sign, no parking signs for the Lower Greenville uh, St. Patrick's Day parade so people wouldn't you know, park on both sides of the street and then nobody can get in and out. So shout out to you, Pat Carr. You're a great lady. I mean, we both have, even just sitting around
1: in our... Cafeteria here at the Worldwide Headquarters have had a chance to talk about some of the great leaders, Um, you know, Anna Hill and Dolphin Heights and Miss Edna Pemberton. I mean, there are so many great neighborhood groups here in town, and I'm sure we've probably gone at least half in our city. And... uh, Probably before the end of our time here, we will have visited the other half, I'm sure. <laughs> I think that should be a goal. Well, no, we also were talking about in memoriam and recalling kind of some of our thoughts and memories around Arizona Senator John McCain, who passed away over this last weekend.
0: Yeah, speaking of great leaders, Sean, uh, Senator McCain, uh, you know, our condolences to his family. Um, Thirty years uh, on Capitol Hill, and an amazing, an amazing life story. a Prisoner of war at the Hanoi Hilton, and, I mean, um, if if. <laughs> You name it. That guy went through it. Um, you know, like him or not, he was an American hero and uh, passed away. But, uh, Sean, it was exciting. You were asking me about, you know, what what Dallas stories does John McCain have? Well, let me tell you, friend. I will never forget. It was either late 07 or maybe it was January, February of 08, right before the, the you know, it was, Texas didn't participate in the Super Tuesday primary that year. Mm-hmm. The primary was on March 4th, but, um, I'll never forget, you know, Mitt Romney had been through Fred Thompson had been through, I was a big Fred Thompson guy at the time, uh, Rudy Giuliani. I'd met him at the porch over on, (laughs) over on Henderson Avenue. And so all these guys were coming through town. And then I got this note from a friend, Hey, do you want to go see John McCain? And I was thinking to myself, John McCain has no shot of being the Republican nominee. (laughs) Uh, so I went, it was a, a kind of a beat up uh, Tex-Mex establishment next to Bachman Lake, right across this reef mm-hmm. from Bachman Lake, north of Lovefield Airport. Uh, Juan Hernandez was there and about 12 people. So <laughs> it was uh, not a well attended event, but doggone it, Senator McCain got up there and gave his spiel and he was confident. And so I, I got the lapel pin and the hat and the stickers and everything and... Fast forward to the night of March 4th, when Texas's Republican delegates put Senator McCain over the top for the amount of delegates needed to secure the Republican nomination, and Guess where he was, Sean? He was staying at the Fairmont Hotel, and there was a huge rally. And so Chairman so There were more than 12 people there by <laughs> then, I guess. Yeah. It was like all the national media was at the Fairmont, plus all the you know, raucous, um, sequined, vest-wearing, elephant hat-wearing uh, Republicans in town showed up at this event. And it was a wild blowout, streamers, all sorts of confetti. And uh, at the end of it, when everybody had gone away, there was still a podium there and the John McCain campaign logo, maybe a two, two foot by two foot campaign logo on a foam core board on the front of the podium. And so uh, I, you know, deliberated with Chairman Branch and decided, you know, maybe I should just take that souvenir and uh, have the senator sign it somewhere down the road. Uh, you know, it's a pretty cool piece of history. Yeah, absolutely. The, <laughs> the absolutely. poster of the where he gave his speech the night he secured the nomination. So, uh, I've got that in my stack of uh, paraphernalia somewhere, and uh, need to break it out. It was uh, it was a fun night. Ended up spending the rest of the evening, you know, chatting up with Stephen Hayes from the Weekly Standard, and uh, you know, he's a he's a good guy. I really like his work, and so it was a fun night, and and just, you know, when Senator McCain passed, it brought up all these really fun memories from that uh, wild and woolly campaign season. There have been a lot of positive memories shared
1: over the last few days, and from nearly every corner, he has been praised (laughs) as a hero and great American, and I respect the work that Senator McCain did, and I always liked the idea of him as a maverick. I liked the idea of, of a politician who you didn't know all the time which way he was going to go and who thoughtfully thought through which positions he would take. So I think the Senate has definitely lost a very huge contributor, uh, not just from a historical standpoint, but just from a policy standpoint, someone who was there to enable to not just build coalitions, but craft thoughtful legislation. So, um, you know, again, condolences to the family and you know i think that this will be a time of remembrance of a wonderful career and a wonderful politician
0: well sean we uh we had a really fun opportunity come our way uh we got to got to sit down with uh the dallas parks park board president our my friend and yours bobby abtahi friend neighbor he was formerly a
1: contributor to my website i mean (laughs) Bobby and I go back a long way and the cool thing is we talk to Bobby just on a regular basis but again to see someone who we know and have known and be appointed to be the park board president I think just talks about and speaks to what an exciting time it is here in our city.
0: Yeah really exciting stuff and you know. I didn't fully appreciate what the park board had uh, jurisdiction over. Let me give you some stats, Sean. Uh, One of the largest municipal park systems in the nation with over 23,000 parkland acres, uh, 382 parks, seven lakes, seven lakes. (laughs) How about 4,658 surface acres of water and 145 developed trail miles? That is um, a lot of
1: jurisdiction <laughs>
0: for. That's a lot of stuff
1: for Bobby, and it's yeah. also a lot of juris- a lot of jurisdiction for Willis Winters, who does a great job um, as the director of the Parks Department. And um, I also think about, you know, Fair Park being part of the de- Park Board of the Park Department. And Daniel Wert and the great job; he and his team do. Um, I was going to ask you though, straight off the top of your head, favorite Dallas park.
0: Uh, right now we our family's big on Flagpole Hill. Uh, Mrs. Trimble and her uh, team of the Lake Highlands Junior Women's League just raised a bunch of money to b- build the all access uh, playground at that park and it's set to open here pretty quick. I know you know uh, I'm gonna ask Bobby about it in our interview, but uh, that's a pretty big park right now, but man, you think about all the different parks. I mean, T.C. Park, I love that park. At Fair Park, I have great memories there from, you know, just recently, uh, our big back-to-school fair. Walmart, thank you very much again for sponsoring the back-to-school <laughs> Back fair. America's biggest back-to-school fair at Fair Park. Um, I mean, man, I love a good park. I'm partial to Keast Park is my favorite park. They have the
1: 2.2, I believe, mile loop around and it's Totally wooded in some places and other places. It's open. It connects to the Keastwood Trail, which I have been known to ride my bike on from time to time. The park I spend the most time in now is probably Kid Springs Park. My daughter has done my for the last two or three years. My daughter has done swim lessons there as part of um, the department. We spent a lot of times at Cummings Rec Center. Yeah. Um, so great rec centers. Uh, she was even part of the summer program at Cummings for a little while this summer. So, you know, again, we'll get into this with Bobby, but the park, Dallas Parks Department is very expansive. And I know that that has been something that our city council has been really trying to get under control and to really uh, help flourish. And I think we're seeing not just the downtown parks, which again is also coming around, but also throughout our city, neighborhood parks have become very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and let me not be remiss in saying I got married at White Rock Lake Park and so that's probably uh should be top of my list. Sean. Especially
1: com- with what you have coming up this weekend, but maybe we'll get into that uh, <laughs> right. in our closing segment. Th- but for right, right now we will take a break and we will get into our interview with Dallas Park Board President Bobby Aftahi. Stay with us. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble will be right back after this. Hamburgers, french fries, milkshakes those are some of my favorite words in the english language and their specialties at one of our newest sponsors haystack burgers and barley haystack is a fast casual restaurant but they got a full service experience the burgers are amazing but there's something at haystack for everyone they've got great salads tasty sandwiches and delicious vegetarian options their food is so amazingly fresh They don't even have a freezer or a microwave on site. Now the signature drink at Haystack is the Haymaker. It's a blend of Maker's Mark, orange juice, lemonade, and iced tea served frozen. They even offer craft beers and all 12 of their draft handles are local. Haystack has been our neighbor here at the Worldwide Headquarters in Turtle Creek Village for the last year and a half, and they've been open in Richardson for the last five years. So check out haystackburgers.com and find out how you can get yourself a Haystack Burger, a Haymaker, and fresh cut fries. That's haystackburgers.com. I'll see you downstairs at Haystack.
0: deconstructing dallas ryan trimble sean williams and sean we are joined today by the great bobby abtahi the president not the chair the president of the dallas park boards bobby welcome
1: thanks thanks for having me thank you for joining us in our auxiliary studio today our studio is booked but you know this this will work too
2: well, it's a beautiful set, and uh, worldwide headquarters here, uh, always looking nice. Uh, plenty of refreshments and snacks.
1: Uh, so let's get right to it. Uh, Bobby, you are a advocate for the city. When I met you, you were a city attorney and uh, did a lot of community work. Um, you served on City Planning Commission, correct? And now you are the Park Board President. So for people, especially, you know younger people even who want to get involved? Like, how difficult is it? How how have you found it to be the, the climate here in Dallas for people who want to get involved?
2: Um, I think, honestly, it's the best place in the world to do that, uh, to get involved. I've often told people that if I was... Growing up or getting involved in somewhere like New York or LA or Philadelphia, um, there everything's so entrenched there that you kind of have to be somebody or know somebody or uh, you, it's really hard to just kind of say you want to help and and really get involved real quick and get hands on. I I have always found an open ear uh, whenever you you talk to people and tell them, hey, I just want to help out. What what do you think would be a good fit for me and I was surprised that the mayor asked me to be the president of the park board, but at the same time, that just shows you Dallas. I mean, if you're willing to work hard and your heart and mind are in the right place, then people are going to tap you on the shoulder and ask you to do pretty big things.
0: Now, when the mayor taps you to be the the park board president, he didn't give you much time, right? This was like a a, a deal, and you had about five minutes to take it.
2: Um, he he took me out to breakfast. He told me he wanted to talk about three things, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Goldstein of an A Hammond, who worked in his office, were both there. Yes. So he talked about the two the first two things, and then we we're all finishing up eating. And then the third thing was so I also uh, I want you to be the park board president. So, uh, but I'm about to leave, so I need you to tell me now, <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> and uh, I kind of caught me off guard, and I told him, yes, he was like, okay, great, Scott and Vinay will take care of everything. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> and he was gone.
1: You know, you brought up Vinay, and, and I think about Vinay, also a former city attorney. think about Adam McGew, our council member, who's also a former city attorney. And, you know, there's some really great folks who have had that job and have have gone on to do some great things. Can you talk to folks just about even what community prosecutors do and why that's important to our city?
2: Yeah, uh, small world, Vinay has my old city phone, so people still call (laughs) her Blackberry. And we didn't even know each other, uh, but she ended up with my old phone number. Um, So community prosecution is a arm of the Dallas City Attorney's Office that works in the community. So we don't prosecute the community. A lot of people used to get confused about that, but we prosecute on behalf of the community. And we were spread out through parts of town that needed a lot of help. When I was there, uh, I was CDBG grant funded. So it was a federal grant that uh, determined a certain part of town uh, needed some help with uh, all kinds of things, um, quality of life crimes, mostly uh, code violations, um, just things that drag down uh, neighborhoods. Uh, and so we were there to help.
0: That's really cool, Bobby. And, uh, you know, you've had a long history of service, and now you've been in this role about a year, going on a year?
2: Year and a half now, yeah. Year and
0: a half now. What have you found to be some of the most interesting things about Dallas parks? So I
2: didn't know before this uh, how... Uh, independent the park board was. Uh, I've learned a lot about it since. The park board was created in 1905 Mm -hmm. uh, when the State Fair Association gave the City of Dallas what we now call Fair Park. So the State Fair used to own those grounds and in 1904 they said, City of Dallas, we're going to gift this to you and and we're going to make it a park. And the city said, wow, this is kind of more than we know what to do with so we're going to create this board and they will have the authority to Oversee all our parks. And so it's been a uh, hundred-some-odd uh, year journey since then. We do not, uh, the park board has independent authority over the park director. So we hire the director and set his salary, then he hires his staff. Uh, it's kind of like a mini city council because this, the council does the same thing with uh, the city manager. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, 15 positions: one for every council member, and the park board president's appointed by the mayor. Uh, I have I didn't realize how many parks we have. We have over 300 parks, thousands of acres. Um, things like uh, Clyde Warren Park, the Dallas Zoo, the Dallas Arboretum, Fair Park, obviously all the way down to Titi Park, Kid Springs Park. Um, the the thing that I think I've been trying to re- reiterate to folks is most of the time the Park Board is in the news for politics and kind of somewhat – there was probably someone's angry at someone or there was some sort of political drama involved. But in reality, our day-to-day is making memories. Uh, we've been opening uh, our three new uh, regional aquatic centers. And at the opening for Pleasant Grove, we had about two to 300 people waiting in line to get into this facility. We haven't built a new swimming pool in Dallas in over 50 years. So it was important to me and the rest of the board to to, to do that. And when you saw the, the smiles on these kids' faces, mm-hmm. um, that really makes everything else worth it so i think that we're in we're in so many different areas um not just parks recreation after school programs summer programs i mean even education so uh we it runs the gambit but it's it's really the best the best things the city does, in my opinion, are in parks, and uh, it's really where I think people can see their tax dollars at work.
0: Yeah, it's exciting to see all the new amenities, for sure. Um, close to our house, uh, Mrs. Trimble is on the Lake Highlands Junior Women's League, and they just helped fund, in part, a new all-access uh, uh, playground at Flagpole Hill.
2: Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, broke ground on that a few months ago, thanks to the hard work of uh, folks from the Jordan Spieth Foundation, uh, the councilman, Adam McGo over there, and our, his park board representative, who's the vice president of the park board, Rob Stewart. Um, it was real important for them to get that project going. And it had bond dollars involved. I mean, the voters uh, overwhelmingly voted last year to say we needed to fund parks, and, and we got a lot of bond dollars. So we're going to start putting that to work. So you're going to see a lot of things over the next few years popping up around town.
1: What does what does that look like? I mean, you talk about making memories and to me some of the the things I remember the most are openings like Cummings Recreation Center. You know, that was a big uh, thing when that opened. And I want to talk more about the Aquatic Center, but I, I just wanted to, to, you know, look at the need that are needs that are being filled. My daughter, she spent some time at one of the summer camps. And so how's the how's the park board see uh, those needs being, being met moving forward? And a lot of that is capital improvement. Yeah, so I think
2: uh, I had... A few goals when I started in this role. Uh, Number one was make sure the park department and the city is taken care of with uh, capital needs for the foreseeable future. We accomplished that in two ways. One was the bond campaign. Park board and, and me and the department fought really hard to get uh, more dollars than we were initially allocated, and and we knew the voters wanted it and they approved it. So that was one thing. The next is a parkland dedication dedication ordinance, which we got passed uh, earlier this year, and that will go into as as you see Dallas get more dense and more high rises go up, then some some money from that will go into a fund to provide mm-hmm. for future parks. Um, so we we've taken care of our capital needs. In my opinion, what will we'll still need to have bond packages every five to seven years with uh, a, a solid amount for parks. But the biggest thing we need to do is take care of our operating costs. Um, the after school programs, the summer programs, those are things that I think people need to remember as education gets cut at the state level, that it's not going to just be DISD that needs to step up. It's going to be every, every uh, part of the city. And so we, we really need to make sure that every year in the budget, uh,
1: people are telling their council members that these programs are important. Uh, This is Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, Deconstructing Dallas. We have Bobby Abtahi with us. He is president of the park board. And Bobby, you you mentioned the... Aquatic centers that opened this past summer and I can definitely share with you firsthand Well, I can't share with you firsthand But my kids shared with me firsthand that they enjoyed the new center in Pleasant Grove the Cove And so can you talk to some of our our folks who may not be aware of these great new facilities that just came on board here in our city?
2: Yeah, so we just had three go online Um, They will be open uh, from now until Labor Day. It's Labor Day This next year, right? I always get Labor Day and Memorial Day confused. So they'll be open till Labor day uh every weekend starting opening at noon admission is free this is our soft opening for our first three we're going to open a second set of three next uh summer at the beginning of the season that will be uh lake highlands titsi and kid springs and these are essentially uh Competition-level swimming pools, but they've also got uh, two water slides, an open and closed slide, a splash ground, uh, and the uh, first three we open have a lazy river. Uh, and, and really what I think the, the real importance behind these is we're really getting our butts kicked when it comes to amenities like these for families by the suburbs. Right. Yep. And we haven't built a new swimming pool in Dallas in over 60 years and I think it was time for us to admit that this is what we need to do. This is what we need to make sure we have things that families want, something that you can go do with your kids. I have uh, I have one one daughter and another kid on the way, and it's hard to find things to do uh, these days, especially for an affordable price. So this was one that was something important to me to get going. Um, Another thing is, in southern Dallas, you would not believe the numbers when it comes to uh, uh, kids not knowing how to swim and how that translates to uh, just some tragedy. So we're going to teach kids how to swim. We're going to make sure families have fun things to do. And uh, most of all, we're going to make sure that there's something to do to keep you cool in the hot
1: Dallas sun. And you've got great instructors. You know, we utilize Kids Springs. Park pool, and uh, we've gone from level one all the way up through, just through level five this year for my daughter at Kid Springs. So, and you know, very affordable forty dollars, um, you know, for two weeks worth of lessons. So that's something that that I, I, I like is going to be continued because i asked you before i was like where is the where's it going to go the the new splash park um, and you were like oh it's where the pool is because it's going to have a regular size pool that's part of the facility so um, i'm looking forward to getting out and maybe getting on the slide maybe that'd be a, a good deconstructing dallas uh, project <laughs> before labor day would deconstructing
0: go. dallas yeah, field trip yeah
1: that'd be a good field trip
0: that's great well Uh, We're going to take a quick break, Bobby. We'll be right back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Stick with us. The most wonderful time of year. The start of the college football season, of course. And here in Dallas, there's no better place to be than SMU. From the pregame festivities on the Boulevard to the action on the field inside Gerald J. Ford Stadium, there's something for everybody. And right now you can get in on the action with your very own season ticket package for just 99 bucks. You've heard me talk about this deal before, friends, so what are you waiting for? The home opener is Friday, September 7th at 7 p.m. when the Mustangs play host to the dreaded TCU Horned Frogs. So be sure to call 214-SMU-GAME or visit www.smumustangs.com and lock in your $99 season tickets today. We'll see you on game day. Pony up.
1: Constructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble with Bobby Abtahi, president of the City of Dallas Park Board. Uh, Bobby, you are um, have, have been an advocate for Fair Park. You were the president of the Friends of Fair Park Board, is that correct? Uh, chairman were, of the board, chair, yeah. You were chairman of the board, yeah. and um, that was before you became Park Board president, so now you're, again, still knee-deep in Fair Park, so just kind of on a personal level, Why the interest for you in Fair Park over the years? Um, Just growing
2: up in Dallas and having gone to Fair Park every year as a kid and and uh, then going on to the University of Texas at Austin, the greatest university in the entire uh, state of Texas.
1: That, that will probably be cut. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that
2: that, that will well, be I'm cut. I'm staring at an A&M diploma, so I had to call <laughs> right. it out. Um, and and just the traditions that go along with Texas OU and, and the State Fair and everything, uh, it's always had a special place in my heart. Um, lately, I'm starting to worry as Dallas grows that the uh, nostalgia that we all have for Fair Park is not being transferred onto the new people who are moving here and to the next generation of, of kids. So uh, we've just been trying to make sure that we revitalize Fair Park and put the park back into Fair Park and so that another generation of people can have those same memories because like I told you before, we're in the business of making memories and I want some more Fair Park memories.
0: So, so give us the big-picture the big vision of what Fair Park should look like, will look like. Uh, you, you fill us in on the overview.
2: Okay, so first off, I think everyone agrees we need more activity at Fair Park. Right. Uh, it needs to be a 365 mm-hmm. uh, days a year type place. Absolutely. Uh, I think everyone also agrees that we need less asphalt. And more park. We need we need to put the park back into Fair Park. So if if you want an example, I think the best example would be Balboa Park in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of one of Ryan's favorite
0: cities. One by of the my way. favorite cities. Really. I oh, love
2: it. Uh, my love sister lives there. I'm going there in a few weeks. Uh, so we need to we need to green up the park. We need to restore those historic buildings. And then we need to put people in those buildings because historic buildings on their own uh, don't do much. So we need to reactivate the park. There's a proposal currently uh, from a well-known national uh, operator of Fairgrounds uh, along with a well-known um, park designer whose mm-hmm. name's... Dan Biederman, who worked on um, Clyde Warren Park and Bryant Park, just to name a couple. Uh, And then they've got a local nonprofit board headed by Darren James. Uh, They're called Fair Park First is the nonprofit. And so they have won this RFP procurement process, and now they're at the park board stage uh, asking for our blessing to then move it on to the council.
0: It's exciting.
1: And, you know, we've got... African-American Museum that's there you talked about kind of the buildings I'm on the board for um, the Hall of State and the Dallas Historical Society so and and uh, love to go. I'm going tonight to see a show at uh, the Fair Park Music Hall. Hall. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, we have activity there, but I don't know if, if folks really realize kind of the totality. It seems like people go there outside of fair time. People go there for the things they go there for. But even with what we have now, we don't we don't activate even what we have currently absolutely
2: and the first thing i want to make very clear is those current tenants i want to make sure they are they stay they're taken care of by these new operators because they have been with us through the tough times mm-hmm. and so they should benefit from the good times and the the issue really with what you're describing is is the lack of cohesion mm-hmm. around fair park there needs to be a one stop shop for who's in charge where's uh, what's happening there what's the calendar how are you going to market it uh, the company currently that's trying to take over has 150 marketers nationwide um, and those people will all be working to get the word out on Fair Park we currently uh, have one with the city of Dallas so it's it, maybe two but it, it's just a whole different level and, and the scalability uh, of having a national operator come in and, and then also making sure that you have the philanthropic community and the nonprofit side as well. Um, so far, I think uh, the plan looks good. It needs a couple tweaks, but I don't, uh, I don't see any issues with it moving forward to the council.
1: Let me uh, out of the out of the blue. Let me just ask, like the Cotton Bowl itself, you know, historic venue. Um,
0: the it, house that Doak built, Sean.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. His, historic venue, the house that Doak built. Place that, you know, we've we've seen many historic games outside of uh, TU and Oklahoma. Uh, but what, what's the future for the Cotton Bowl as as it relates to this proposal and and as it relates to the city? So the Cotton Bowl
2: is one of the best fields for international soccer. It, people don't know this but I the the corner, the corner kick in international soccer needs different uh, spacing than a regular uh, American football field mm-hmm. would need. So when we had the uh, World Cup here in the 90s, the, we converted the Cotton Bowl to give it those, those viewing angles and everything for the corner kicks. And recently I, I flew down to Houston with the Dallas Sports Commission and FC Dallas when we were making the Dallas pitch for the World Cup in 2026, and the United bid got it. So the Cotton Bowl was looked at uh, as a potential – uh, game site for maybe a nostalgic game uh, since we hosted games in the 90s but also as a team base camp so there, I, I think the Cotton Bowl could really really serve as an amazing venue for some international soccer because it's got real grass we just replaced the grass there um, so you, you don't have to compete uh, with Jerry World in, in those terms now uh, is it going to compete with, with the AT&T stadiums of the world no, let's let's be honest. But there is definitely a niche market that we can we can market it and, and put it there. And again, it goes back to it's a historic site. Mm-hmm. People are still playing in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, um, it's it's really we we've got to activate that. We've got to activate those memories and that nostalgia sense of it. The product on the field is great. Um, hopefully, there could be some updates made to put some sort of. Um, air-conditioned boxes, things in there to kind of modernize it, but at the same time keeping the historic nature of the building.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it was either last fall or, or the fall prior 2016. Uh, you you added a game, New Mexico played Air Force at the Cotton Bowl, and it was a regular season college football game. So are there any plans to expand? I know we have Texas OU, we have Grambling Prairie View. Are, there, are we going to continue that tradition we're going to expand yeah, we, on we're, that? Yeah, we're actually we're
2: adding a third game to the State Fair this year. It's Uh Texas Southern and Southern University. So it's going to be Mm -hmm. be the uh, third game during the fair. So uh, we're always looking for things to expand. And so if anyone's out there listening and has an idea they want to bring to the Cotton Bowl, uh, reach out. We're we're ready.
1: That's great. So, Bobby, we are winding down our time on deconstructing Dallas, but um, I would be remiss in if, if in asking kind of like what what other things do you see down the road, kind of city-wise. You, you 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 grew up here, you have you're raising a family here, uh, and you know you're you're involved. You have a business here. Uh, what what do you see as the future um, as we look forward for our city?
2: You know, I think Dallas is on the right track. I think the future is bright. The the just the big projects we see coming here, with the high speed rail. Um, I, if you look out to to the World Cup time, for example, twenty twenty six. I mean, you could have a. Uh, world cup match in houston get on a train be here in 45 minutes and go to one in dallas so i mean the idea we've got the, all this future innovation coming here there's talk of maybe amazon hq2 we've got uber elevate and in my opinion there's no better place to live for a family because you're centrally located in the country and you're uh good cost of living and we have a few kinks to work out it always it always kind of bothers me when people like to make it seem like the sky is falling here those are just people who haven't gone anywhere else because i think there are cities in this country and around the world that would be extremely envious of the position we're in so i just think everything moving forward the trajectory is up
0: well mr president if our listeners wanted to follow you on social media or or get a hold of you how could we find you
2: uh, probably Twitter's the best way, and it's at Bobby Abtahi, B-O-B-B-Y-A-B-T-A-H-I. Um, if you go to my Facebook, you're just going to see pictures of my kids. So,
0: <laughs> Exciting stuff. Well, Bobby, thanks again for coming by. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We'll be right back. Sean Williams Sean That was a great time With good old
1: Bobbo It's always good to chat With Bobby Abtahi He shows up here At the office Every now and then Just to kind of Chit chat And talk about What's going on In the city But it was good To get him On the record On Deconstructing Dallas That's
0: right Checking in
1: Bobby Abtahi And I am hoping that Bobby Abtahi will be joining us for the happy hour on September 6th.
0: Are you excited, Sean? I
1: am fired up. I'm excited because not only will we see some of our former guests and some of our sponsors, but we've also heard from some of our listeners who've told us that they will be joining us. And so anyone who is listening, we encourage you to let us know you are coming to the Deconstructing Dallas Happy Hour on September 6th here at the worldwide headquarters here at Alamedia. 3838 Oak Lawn Avenue, Suite 400, and that's gonna be from four o'clock to 6 p.m. And you'll get to meet us, obviously, which will be cool, but you'll get to see our entire Alameda team uh, and see the all the folks that are behind the work we do here. And we've got a healthy list of RSVPs already, so you'll meet a lot of great people.
0: Yeah, and another fun aspect, Sean, some of our sponsors are actually gonna show up and, and uh, showcase their wares. I know Buck Brush has checked in, uh, if anybody's looking for a new electronic toothbrush. Uh, A new sponsor... Effin hot salsa, Sean. Checking in. Excited about that one. That's right. That's right. Now, didn't they recently speaking about
1: cross promotional? Weren't <laughs> they um, involved in a contest recently?
0: Well, they they were. They were. Uh, they were invited to Walmart Open Call, actually, which is uh, the opportunity for entrepreneurs and and uh, you know people with ideas to showcase their uh, their creations to Walmart and see if they can get them on Walmart shelves.
1: We also. Have a $50 gift card that we will be raffling from Haystack, our neighbors downstairs who have some of the best burgers that you will ever taste, as well as fries that we are partial to.
0: Big fan of the fries, big fan of the uh, Chipotle ketchup, and big fan of having them as a uh, you know a good supporter of the show. Yep. So uh, come by and, and have
1: your chance to get a $50 gift card from Haystack. And let us know that you're coming. If you are able to make the Deconstructing Dallas happy hour, send us an email at deconstructingdallas at gmail. Dot com. Let us know you're coming. Let us know you're bringing a guest, and we will make sure to have a beverage of your choice. Maybe not of your choice, but definitely something that'll be tasty. That'll be right. waiting for you here. So
0: we'll take good care of you. Don't worry. Man, I know you got
1: a big weekend coming up, you and Mrs. Trimble. We do. It's big fifth anniversary. That is great. And I am assuming that um, the idea you had off air about going to the SMU North Texas game, you've scrapped that, right? Uh,
0: uh, Yes. I was informed that uh, that that may not be the preferred uh, entertainment choice for the evening. And so, you know what, Sean? It's a partnership, and uh, sometimes <laughs> you gotta defer to your partner. And so I have deferred to my partner. Sometimes, no, <laughs> but sometimes. Well, okay. thank you for that clar- <laughs> yeah. clarification, yes. Sean. There you go. But no, I'm looking for it. It's gonna be really exciting, and uh, best of luck. It is it is opening opening week and opening week for college football. Uh, the Ponies do travel to North Texas Apogee Stadium, 7 p.m., 6:30 uh, maybe. Either way, get there, get there. Early. Um, we'll be pulling from them, uh, pulling for them uh, from afar. Sean, your Aggies have a big weekend too, right? And you had a fun uh, event this week. That's right, Ryan. We are playing Northwestern State on Thursday
1: at 7:30 p.m. So kicking off the Jimbo Fisher era. And I was in College Station on yesterday and was there for the ribbon cutting for the Texas A&M Hotel and Conference Center. Doug. Pitcock 49 and it is a beautiful beautiful place uh, we posted some pictures Alan Media posted some pictures from the new hotel and I will make sure to post a few pictures as well right after we post this podcast so folks can see uh, one of the projects that we've been working on for the last year and a half here at Alan Media. so um, yeah looking forward to the Jimbo Fisher era getting kicked off and Kellen Mond did win the starting quarterback like Coach Fisher said somebody's got to take that first snap and it looks like it's going to be Mine, uh, so um, looking forward to the Aggies uh, looking forward to SMU playing this weekend and congratulations to you and Lauren on five wonderful years
0: that's right let's, let's head on to five more for
1: Ryan Trimble this is Sean Williams we are very excited about this week's episode and looking forward to coming back to you again thank you to Mary Woodleaf thank you to Jennifer Paschal thank you to the Alamedia team. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube. And we just found out this week that we are on Spotify. So you can find us on that platform as well. We are Deconstructing Dallas. We'll be back next week. Adios.